Okay, guys, so we are back. We are recording real time. I hate to break it to you guys, but over the last two weeks, you've been seeing episodes that we pre-recorded because I very obviously have a belly, if you're watching on YouTube, our last few episodes. And while those were airing, I was actually at home resting up after having our baby, our fifth baby, uh, coming to join us here on Earth. So anyways, this is real time though. This is like the week that we're recording this is the week that you guys are seeing this. So everything is very real time as of the moment. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. How are you feeling, Elisha? Well, I feel great. <clears throat> but I think more importantly, the question that everybody's wondering is how are you so amazing, Katie? How are you so incredible? Uh, That's what I'm wondering. Now, how are you feeling? <laughs> oh, it's been, we've had such wonderful support. So as of recording this episode, we're at two and a half weeks and it has just been amazing with the support from my family, the support from our church family, um, Elisha's family coming over or his parents coming over to visit. Um, there have just been blessings upon blessings over the last couple weeks. And I'm just grateful, like incredibly grateful and incredibly grateful for Elisha because he's been the biggest support through the whole two and a half weeks and has really just taken like if someone's going to be tired, it's him. He's getting up early with the kids. He's taking care of everything that needs to be done. And it's really allowed me to rest a lot more this time. I haven't been stressed or anxious or emotional. And I think all of that comes down to the peace. I feel that everything's under control uh, with Elisha. So thank you so much for that, Elisha. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for saying that because I feel like it's kind of going against a little bit of your instincts to stay down, keep resting like you have been. And I feel like you're doing that for us. And so it doesn't like, it's not your personality to take advantage of just being in bed and being, you know, being off your feet as much as possible. You have this desire to get up and go. And yet for the sake of your long-term health and the well-being of our family long-term, you're being intentional with your rest. And so I'm really grateful. I feel like we're very united on it. This, this go around on like how we want you to rest and yeah, kind of being a little slower to get back to stuff than yes. in the past. So like the first, well, okay, so let's talk about the labor and delivery first, actually. Okay, let's do it. Does that work? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so I feel like we have to start at 36 weeks. I'm serious, okay. because at 36 weeks, I got, um, I was having a lot of Braxton Hicks, like Braxton Hicks all the time. You know, they say if you have more than 10 in an hour, talk to your your medical husband. Oh, okay. provider, <laughs> talk to your husband. Yeah, so I told my midwife, I mean, I was probably having, I was having them every couple minutes, like just, con, it wasn't like, you know, full-blown contraction, but just like a cramp, 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 cramp. My stomach was always tight. And then every couple days, I was having a full-blown I have to stop what I'm doing and breathe through a contraction. And it was so random because it'd just be one. And so that with my history of having our babies at 37 to 38 weeks, had my midwife being like, okay, well, you need to really chill out here because we don't want the baby coming before 37 weeks, primarily because in Idaho, you can't deliver, you can't have an out of hospital delivery. 
And that is what we really wanted. That's what we'd paid for, all of the above reasons. That's all we've experienced <laughs> yeah. up until this point. Yeah. I don't know if you guys were with us when we were going through um, having to go get the version when Lawrence was breached. And the version is basically where they manually flip your baby from the outside and turn your baby head down again. Uh, but Elisha and I went to the hospital and we were like, the country mouse goes to the city. Yes. Yeah. That It felt so unfamiliar being in a hospital and they were, everybody treated us great. Oh, they were amazing. It was, yeah. But we were clearly not in our element there and didn't know the questions to ask. And I didn't know, like, do I put the gown on over my clothes? Do I not? Like, I don't know. I'm just like sitting here like the whole thing was so uncomfortable. I don't know. It's funny because you grew up not going to the hospital. (laughs) Never. ever. And same with me. We grew up unless like you've got a kid that's bleeding or it's like a bad break, you know, like a even even like collarbones, I think. Well, my brothers, they broke their collarbones a lot. They always went to just like a urgent uh, care. Urgent care. Yes. And got it reset. That makes sense. Um, and they did that because they were like flipping on skis or mountain biking, stuff like that. It wasn't like they were just like, I don't know how you thought they were breaking their collarbones, but that's how they were doing it. So, I mean, even with our kids, um, we've taken them mainly to urgent care. If there's been something, you know, when Leanne almost stabbed his eye out or Louis mm. broke his collarbone. Yes. So, yeah. Anyways, all that said, going to the hospital sounded like a very stressful situation for me to have a baby in because it was all very foreign and I just like to be in my house. So we did that and just kind of chilled for a week. I stopped working out, all that stuff. And then 37 weeks comes and we're like, okay, it's go time. And the same exact thing just keeps on happening. Nothing progresses, just the same old, same old. Did you kick back into your normal workout regimen? I did. Okay. I kicked back in. So I was like, doing my resistance training three times a week and fast walking three miles. I mean, fast walking. Yeah, that's a joke. But, you know, walking three miles slowly three times a week. And, and, and like, nothing stopped, but nothing progressed. Mm. And so there were a couple nights where I thought, okay, this is totally labor getting going. I'd go on my walk, and I'd be, like, having a hard time breathing through my walk and my contractions. And I'd come home and stop and everything just stopped. Hmm. And so that happened for three weeks. Yes. And right, was it the day before 40 weeks that you... No. I was the day, I was 39 weeks and I think three days. No, because Monday would have been... No, Tuesday. Oh, okay. So you're two days away from... Oh, you're right. Two days away from 40 weeks. Okay. You're right. Yeah, so two days before 40 weeks, I was like sitting in bed looking up birth stories of people who like went longer than what they thought. Like mm. Elisha and I are just going crazy at this point. Yeah, we're like memorizing the, the Bradley book, green, green, <laughs> I, starting in the last chapter, going backwards. opened it yet. <laughs> so then, yeah, we're just like, this isn't going to happen. And I'm looking up all these horror stories of cod liver oil and stuff because I'm trying to talk myself out of doing it. Mm. And I found this quote on Instagram, this like meme that said, or it was on YouTube. I don't know. I found this meme and it said, what did it say? Oh, just because you're ready for the baby to come out doesn't mean the baby's ready Hmm. to come out. And I was like, Elisha, that's so good to know. Like the Lord knows when this child needs to come out. I don't want to do something dumb and it's not ready. Anyway, so we went to bed that night and... My water broke at 3.15 in the morning. 
And I rolled over and I was so stoked. And I told Elisha, I was like, hey, you want to have a baby tonight? (laughs) Which is almost as exciting as like, hey, do you want to make a baby tonight? (laughs) He was just as excited. A different part of my brain activates. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He like jumped out of bed. He's like, yes. (laughs) And um, it was it, it was awesome because my water is broke to start my labor, like out of the blue for four out of five of our births, mm. which is a fantastic way for labor to start because you know, it's just such a clear sign. It's go time. Yeah. You aren't wondering like, is this the real deal? Are mm-hmm. these contractions going to pick up? It's just like, no, this is it. The clock has started. So what happened next? Yes. Yeah, so you woke me up at three fifteen said your water broke broke and then you went straight to our downstairs bathroom to start cleaning which is such a classic like pregnant lady thing to do you're (laughs) you're like i gotta get the downstairs shower clean before the baby comes because they might give me a bath in it afterwards and i just you know you don't want to be embarrassed about your bathroom and our bathroom we share our bathroom with our two sons that are very small and very hazardous yeah it is not a nice master bathroom situation (laughs) so like i clean the bathroom and it's gross like later that afternoon Yeah, exactly a few hours later yeah yeah so i i called or texted our midwife i I think i texted her um no i called her i called her and told you told her that your water had broke and that um i can't remember when you're how frequently your contractions were coming off the bed well you started taking down her bed because we needed our bed taken down. Okay. So did, did I do that after I called our midwife? Amy? I don't know. I don't know what. I, don't I think know I called our called midwife her. and told her that your water had broke and that you're going into labor. And she said, okay, keep me posted. And then, yeah, I disassembled our bed frame because we've done that every baby, every, every labor and delivery so that you've got easier access on and off the bed. And you can lean on it if you want to or get on your hands and knees. You know, it's just easier, easier mm-hmm. access. Um, and it took way longer than I remembered it taking maybe it's because your labor it went was faster. because the labor went so fast i was like okay just, just give me a second i'm trying to get these boards <laughs> off here and but i got that disassembled and then yeah what were you doing this whole time because we kind of both kicked into our own little go mode yeah we were we both didn't just talk like, for like an hour no we didn't yeah we were just like buzzing around cleaning and so my contraction started 15 minutes after my water broke and when they started they were one minute long and three minutes apart so they were like real contractions from the get. I had to stop what I was doing and breathe. And so I was not frantic, but I was like hustling because I was like, I don't have a lot of time here. That's a pretty intense start to a labor. And I knew that because of all the lead up to this baby, I did not think it was going to take long for me to dilate. I was kind of mentally doing the math and I was like, okay, in transition, I'm usually like a seven or an eight. I probably have like four centimeters to go to get there, maybe like three centimeters to go to get there. And that's just not very much. I feel like that won't take very long. Well, for you, it's not very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Based on like progressive labors. Like my first was nine hours and then my last one. So my fourth was four and a half hours. And typically labors just speed up as they go along. That's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah. Unless you have like complications or the baby's stuck or weird position, you know, anything could happen. So based off that history, I did that, did some laundry, got my laundry machines cleaned. And then the last thing I needed to do was I, I hadn't opened our book. What is it? Natural birthing, the Bradley way, natural childbirth, the Bradley way. 
Do you know what it's called? I don't know. I was just called the Bradley book. Yeah. <laughs> the Bradley book. So Elisha and I have read this every pregnancy, every pregnancy. And really the last couple pregnancies, what it's boiled down to for me is chapter eight. Chapter eight is the chapter I have to read to be able to visualize what's going on in my body, to be able to um, ride the wave of the contraction and picture that and also picture what's happening when those contractions are happening. My cervix is opening and I need to just like really relax because if I fight the contraction and I don't like breathe up the wave and down the wave, then my stomach just gets in a knot and my cervix doesn't open. It was a waste of a contraction and they're very painful. So all that said, I feel like I've gotten better and better and better at relaxing every baby. And yes. this time I truly feel like I was telling Elisha until transition, I feel no pain in my in my contractions, even though they're incredibly intense. Well, this is why you're a miracle worker. You're, you're incredible because Mom, you've gotten so Lord's good. Gracious. I think that visual, like, cause they, they give visuals they and have they show great you picture showing what's happening, what's taking place. And they explain like when you fight this, it makes it worse. Like it prolongs the labor and it prolongs the process that's taking place right now. And that really clicked with you. And somehow, even though you're going through this crazy pain, you've found a way to breathe through it to make your body relax. I mean, that sounds crazy because everything instinctually in you is probably wanting to like flex and, yeah, and, you and get like, tense. And mm -hmm. you're like, oh. But you just keep your body relaxed and you breathe. It's really inspirational. Every time, every labor, you're inspirational. But this last time, like you said, it was just you were so focused on staying relaxed and breathing through the contractions. And it was incredible to witness. I will say that. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Yeah, the Lord has been very, very gracious with just everything being so smooth with all of our labors. And yeah, so many things can happen in birth. And so I'm just so grateful. But um, anyways, and, and the thing too with like the whole Bradley method is you stay in a certain position, which makes it easier for you to relax. So as soon as I, I ran upstairs and I think I saw you and you're like, what time should I have the midwife come? And... I was like, maybe now, because she lives like 25 to 30 minutes away. And I really like to have the midwife there in transition because that's when you feel like I Giving can't up. do yeah. this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so that's in the past. The only time I've gotten like a cervical check is when I'm in transition. I'm like, tell me I am almost there. Yes. But this time we didn't have time to do that. I knew I was almost there. <laughs> so anyways... Hey, you guys, I just wanted to tell you real quick about my homeschooling course, Homeschooling the First Three Years. It's all about laying a foundation of joy and confidence and fun and simplified homeschool in your home. So if you're in a place where maybe you're considering homeschooling your kiddos in the next few years, then this course is for you. It's going to break down not only what we do for homeschool and our family and what we've done for the first three years in homeschool, but it's also going to show you exactly how that looks. So I'm going to take a camera around with me vlog style and show you how does it look to homeschool with a baby? How does it look to homeschool with a toddler? How does it look to homeschool multiple grades at one time? How do you navigate um, different learning tendencies? How do you navigate your learning style as a teacher? And how do you motivate children and get them to love learning? I love homeschooling my kids. One of my favorite things that I get to do with them each day. And it's something that I want you to love doing with your children. 
online as well. So if you look down in the description box, you will be able to find a discount code where you can get a discount off of homeschool the first three years. And I really hope that it blesses your home. So Elisha told the midwife, this was the first time that you wanted her there later or like you estimated she should be there later than I estimated. Well, I made a correction because this was based off of our previous experiences. And so I was looking at the clock. I'm like, okay, your water broke at 3.15. Our last labor was four and a half hours. And so I told her to come, whatever, I forget, maybe like five or something. I think you said 45 minutes from yeah. then. From then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, from the time I, from the time I what called her or from the time you're texting her. Yeah, whatever, whatever. And then I was like, man, it seems like it's going quickly. And you're like, I think this is kind of, and that when I saw it in your eyes, I was like, she better get here quickly (laughs) because you always want to wait until the last minute. I do. Like our midwife was there for our first birth for seven minutes. And then with the other ones, it was like 20 minutes. Yes. And yeah, you just like it being you and I for as long as possible. Yeah, I don't like feeling pressure to labor, which I mean, not that our midwife. And she doesn't make me feel any pressure. But I, I, I'd heard at that point, like especially with our first of like your first labor going twenty four hours or thirty hours or something like that. And so I was like, that's the last thing I want is someone sitting around for hours Mm -hmm. just waiting for me to, you know, progress. So. Well, but I was getting nervous too because literally. Ready? Yeah. Literally, like the last four people we've talked to that have had babies. Yeah. The that had them at home, they had them before the midwife got there. Yeah. And so the husband uh, would deliver the baby, and again, if all of our labor and deliveries, my thought was like, okay, if they all go like they've gone thus far, that's fine. I we can do we can handle this. You know, I like Lord willing, I'll be able to do what I need to do, but. The, it's the, always like the the unknown. Like, what if it's different? You know, what if something's off from last time? And that's where I was. I'd really prefer the midwife to be there uh, for that. And so when when I saw in your eyes, like hey, maybe a little sooner, I called her. I was like, "Could you leave now?" And um, fortunately, this was the middle of the night, so there was no traffic. There weren't, you know, she wasn't able to. Sorry, she wasn't held up at all. She got there pretty quickly. Yeah. So uh, the midwife got there and. As soon as she got there, like, I don't know, maybe a couple minutes afterwards, I was like, I'm going to throw up. And uh, Amy, our midwife, told me afterwards, she's like, you were in transition right there. That was you transitioning. And so basically, that's when it started getting really painful. And they went about three minutes, and then I'd have a minute break. And they were just erratic at this point. So I always time my contractions and watch because it's really helpful for me to see, okay, it's about two minutes, so I'm going up this wave, I'm deep breathing, and it's like, okay, the wave's gonna peak at around, I don't know, a minute 45, and then I get to come down the wave, right? Nice, I like, I like that you envision that. <laughs> so it helps me like pace myself through the contractions, but these are going like three minutes, and then I get a short break, and then I have a short contraction, then I'd have a really long one, and So that's when it starts getting like, okay, you're in transition, your body's getting ready to push. And I was really concerned about that. I don't know. I just get, it was just stressful. I don't know in the transition part. Well, a lot's happening. It makes sense that you're stressed out. Yeah. I was kind of like, okay, these are getting weird. This is getting, you know, the waves are not so predictable. We're in the choppy sea now, you know? And in hindsight, I should have known at this point that like, oh, this transition, she's getting ready to push because every time you've been in transition and been getting ready to push, you've always wanted to get into a different position, yeah. but it doesn't seem like it, 
it never seems like it makes sense in the moment. You're because you're just always kind of like, well, I don't know what's going on. You just yeah, kind of like start moving start around. Kind of and impatient with people or like you know stressed. Like I can't really talk. Yes, you're like move the pillow, get the pillow out of the way, and like, yeah. and I'm like, okay, okay, and then, but now it's like, oh, I get it. Every time you've been in that mode, it's when you're in transition. Yeah, usually I'm just real quiet, like they're breathing, and then I start getting kind of yes. flustered. Anyways, so Elisha, well, you leave to like go get coffee or no, go to the bathroom or no. something. <laughs> Whoa. Throwing me under the bus here. I'm not throwing you under the bus. You went to go to the bathroom. And right when I went into transition, you told me afterwards that you were thinking you needed to go get some coffee. Well, this was my thought process because again, I'm going to sound like a total moron here, but no, it's funny. I'll just take you through my thought process. So right when the, I was all for laboring down there, you know, like yeah, I just wanted like to be present to and I, I say laboring. Yeah. I wasn't the one laboring. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, laboring with me. Yeah. Um, but then once Amy got there, I thought, okay, if we're here for like another couple hours, which has been the case, I was like, I, I, I was, I wanted to check on the kids and make sure they were all still in their beds. I wanted to make sure that there was, and Amy asked me to get something too. She asked me to go find some bowls. Okay. I'm not blaming you. I just thought it was funny. That's well, the only reason I brought it up. Yeah. I like, I just like peaced out. Like I'm out midwife's here. I'm well, out that's here. That's what I felt like. Cause you just disappeared. Yeah. Okay. So Amy asked me to get a bowl and then I went up and I also messaged your family and told them message my family and told them that we're in labor. And then I came back down. And the only reason I was like, okay, should I, I told you after the fact, like, should I make coffee? was because it's like, it's at this point, it was like four o'clock. And I was like, if we're laboring for, we, there we go. Yeah. If you're laboring for I another think it was five, five this at this point, five, five fifteen. Yes. This is right before I started pushing. Exactly. And I was like, okay, if like going off history, if you're going to be laboring for another couple of hours, it might be good to have a cup of coffee. You know, I was going to offer one to you too. See if you wanted a coffee or <laughs> no, they don't drink coffee. No, there's the meme that just like rings so true. It's some like, I don't know. No, it's not even a meme. It's like a, um, what, what were those called? Like the back, back in newspapers, you know, I, I like never, the funnies or what, something. Yeah. What are those called? Cartoons. I the no, back. I didn't Anyways, ever read a newspaper. I remember seeing one. It was just like a man, you know, helping, like supporting his wife in labor and just stand next to the bed. And he's like, uh, can I get you a beer or something? Like, like <laughs> And sometimes I definitely feel like that guy. It's like, I, like, I don't no, know. It's just funny because like looking back to our first birth, Elisha wrote our first birth story and it's so funny. I don't know where it is, but it's funny. I don't know if it's on our blog, hmm. but anyways, he wrote how he needed to go get a cup of coffee. Like it always, it's just when he's when we go into labor, he's always pacing himself and he needs to know when Stop his it. coffee <laughs> breaks uh. are. Anyways, so... Elisha leaves for maybe like three minutes or something, but, but I'm not feeling good at this point. And I'm like, Elisha, like this is where I start calling for him. And the midwife's like, do you want us to get Elisha? And I like, can't say yes or no. I'm just like, Elisha, <laughs> like, go get Elisha. So he comes back and the next contraction was like the first half of it is contracting. And then the second half is pushing. And I'm like, I need to get off the bed. Yeah. And so, um, cause I don't like to push on the bed. I like to be off the bed. And, um, so anyways, that was kind of like a half push. And then we had one more, the midwives helped me off the bed. Elisha did really quickly. And then the next push, uh, so this is like the third push, I guess, Leon, or I feel the head and I'm like, okay. And we push out the head and then the contraction doesn't ever really stop. 
and we just go right nice. on, get the body out, <laughs> and just the whole baby comes out. Wow, Lionel, and, not Leon, yeah. Yeah, Lionel nice. comes out. Yeah, Lionel and Liana both mean lion, so I guess I can use their names interchangeably. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so, uh, yeah, and then he was born, and hmm. that was it. And then they always, this always happens. Anytime I have our babies, I, the way I deliver, I don't see the baby. Um, cause I'm usually kind of like more on my hands and knees. And so they give the baby to Elisha and they, every time the midwife's like, do you want to hold your baby? And I'm just like, no, like, just give me a second. <laughs> like, I just need to process what happened here. I'm not like, oh, immediately give me my baby. I'm just like, give it to the father back there. And I'm just going to cool it. Give me a moment. Yeah. Because it's always like a solid, I don't know how many minutes, but you always end up holding the baby for a while back there. Yeah. I mean, I want to give you your time. I'm like, (laughs) no rush. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So it was just like, what a gift. I've never had to push for very long, but that was the shortest that I ever have had to. And it was just all so smooth. Mm. And um, it felt really cool this time for the fifth one to feel like I knew exactly what my body was doing Mm. at every stage of the game. And even like with pushing, it's like, okay, I know where the head is. I know the head's out. I know what it's going to feel like to have the body come out. All those things were like with the first, once the head came out, I was like, I'm not going to push again. Like that hurts so bad. (laughs) We're we're done. Wow. You're right. And I remember the midwife being like, it's easier to push the body out than the head. Yes. You liar, but okay. (laughs) But it is, you know, so this time I wasn't scared. It was just like, okay, the hard part's done, you know? So you kind of know how to pace yourself better with each baby. I feel like, especially when your labors resemble each other. Anyways. So yeah, the Lord is just so, so good. I mean, so many things can go wrong and do go wrong. And the fact that we've just been able to have five healthy labors and deliveries where I'm not having to get transported or the babies aren't having to get transported. Everything's been so textbook. I'm just, I don't want to take that for granted because I know that that's nothing that has to do with me or Elisha. It's just like the Lord choosing to give that Mm. wonderful experience to us. And it has made labor such a gift. And so one thing that was really fun was when the baby came out, the midwife goes, oh, he's big. And Elisha's like, yeah, he's, he's pretty big. And uh, so just hearing him say that made me happy because you guys know, well, you might, you might not, but I did kind of some things that were not textbook. I don't know. Is this a confession? What's going no, on here? No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, with this whole, with my whole pregnancy, I guess I did some things that excited some criticism in terms of what I was choosing to do. And like when it came to intermittent fasting and like not eating for 16 hours at a time. And then what I was choosing to eat, um, I didn't snack. I just ate three meals. And so that resulted in me feeling quite hungry for hours at a time. But it made me super, super happy that this baby came out and he was, Lionel was eight pounds and 11 ounces. And so my whole protein theory worked. Nice. (laughs) Where I was eating a ton of protein when I was eating. And I 
guess it was just like, it just made me really happy because all of our other babies had been, I mean, Leanne was five pounds, nine ounces, and then we had a six pounder, a six pounder, and barely seven pounds. I think mm. Lawrence was seven pounds, one ounce or something. Was he? Okay. Seven pounds, two just ounces. Over. Like he was yeah. barely in the seven pound range. And that's always made postpartum very difficult because you're concerned about weight gain, especially after they drop weight that first day. And nursing's harder. They're more lethargic and sleepy when they're smaller. Anyone who's had a smaller baby knows all this stuff. And so to have a baby that was almost nine pounds has just made the postpartum season so much easier because he just nursed right away, has been awake really well, has slept way better than our other kiddos. And it's just been night and day. Like I'm not emotionally stressed about his weight gain. Hmm. And so anyways, that said, if you know, the Lord does bless us with another pregnancy sometime in the future. I'm going to do the same thing I did with this one because I gained the least amount of weight that I ever have in a pregnancy. Um, but my baby was way heavier. Wow. And so that's, that's what you want, right? I guess so. (laughs) That's what I wanted. (laughs) What I didn't want to have happen was to gain the least amount of weight and then have this really scrawny baby and be like, Oh, it's my fault. You know what I mean? Like I did the wrong thing. So anyways, it kind of proved there was a method to my madness, I guess. And I felt really happy about it. Sure. I mean, you weren't being irresponsible or foolish. You had done a ton of reading and research. That's how you roll. I had, I had, but no one can say like, you can't get medical advice saying that you, that, uh, intermittent fasting is okay for pregnancy. Yeah. It's all anecdotal and just kind of like testimonial Because they can't test on pregnant women, stuff like that. So you just have to like know your own body and no one's going to recommend it. Mm Mm-hmm. I did. I knew I wasn't being foolish. Yes, I did. And the last two weeks, I did go down to. I stopped doing my sixteen hours and went down to fourteen hours. Uh, my midwife knew what I was doing the whole time, and um, so yeah, I felt like the baby's heartbeat was good. Everything was good. But at the same time, you just what I wanted was a ch- chunky, healthy baby. Yeah, and this is the chunkiest one so More far. More than I wanted to like not gain excess weight. I guess I wanted to do what was best for the baby, but. I felt like this was going to work out. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. You rock. Seriously. It was, it was hard. <clears throat> the labor or intermittent, fa- intermittent fasting? The whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it I makes sense. Elijah, that I was is like, hard. It was hard for like 20 weeks on. Like I've never been so disciplined in my life with food and working out. And that's why I was so ready to have the child. Cause I was like, I just need a little break. Yes. Here. Felt like a buildup. Yeah, you're right. Because you have been on like, I don't know what a good term is, but you've been like, you've been getting after it ever since 20 weeks. Yeah, very regimented with everything I've done. Like you, you, you flipped a switch in your brain and from your workouts to your diet to just even like what you're reading and thinking about, Mm -hmm. you you really were conscientious um, of everything really leading up to the delivery and you, that yes. was kind of like the finish line on some level. Yeah. Not that you're going to like, you know, become a different person, but there was no, but it has a, been a reprieve with breastfeeding mm. and, um, yeah, being able to be like, Oh, the things that I was avoiding prior to this pregnancy are really good for producing milk. Mm. And so I feel very indulgent in this nice. season. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss working out. I feel like that's like everyone that's been sitting around for two weeks. Um, but you know, 
you have your whole life to work out. So yes, I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, if you're yeah, I'm just such an advocate of you resting right now. Yes. I don't want you to get yeah. short sighted during this season. <laughs> no, I don't. Wow, man, good for you, Katie. You rock. And I will say this baby was by far the most fun to celebrate. Be- I mean, that sounds only because the age of our older kids, the age oh, of our other yes. kids, because Leon being six, Lucy being five, Leon four. Lewis. Oh yeah. Sorry. Four. What did I say? Yeah. I tell you what, this fifth L name is really throwing us for a loop. Yes. All of a sudden we can't call any of our kids the right name, I know. but I'm still standing by the L name and here's why. Cause Everybody that has multiple or like more than five kids or more than four kids, they call all their kids the wrong name, regardless of whether or not they start well, with the same letter. it definitely happened in our family. It happened in my family too. It's like I grew up being called Joby my whole life and it's like that had nothing to do with the first letter, but I'm, maybe the first letter, you know, throws a little extra challenge into it. We just run through the, run through the line. Liam, Lewis, Lionel, Lawrence. No, look at yes. me like Lawrence. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, I know who you are. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> them being older, having having older kid more having older kids than what we've ever had before was so fun. Seeing them wake oh. up, Leon wake up uh, at whatever time he woke up, seven o'clock, and just his face, the unbridled excitement and enthusiasm and the pure joy that they had and they all woke they woke up one at a time that morning too which was so fun it was like well yeah because leon woke up and then after a while he asked if he could get louis up yes. we're like okay so he he went and got everyone up one at a time yes and that was another gift because we had lionel at 5 30 oh, and then you guys that's like before our kids get up what wow. a gift is that we didn't have yes. to figure out what to do with them they didn't have to hear me yelling in the next room hmm. scarring them for life so that's awesome mm-hmm. And then we were able to like go through all the rigmarole after you have a baby. And then it was like perfect timing it for them was, to get up. It was. It was like such a dream. The yes. only thing that was lame about it was I went and took a nap and Elisha was up for the day with no, all the kids. That you know, lame. Are you kidding well, me? You're running on adrenaline yeah, at that you're point. Kind of fatigued. You're just like you're high on, high on life quite literally yeah. with that. But that was, this has been the most celebratory child because of, how much more our kids understand it and how they've been looking forward to it and how pumped they are to welcome this guy into the family. So that's made it really special. Yeah. Really and fun. just how we'd been expecting this child for like three weeks at this point. And the kids were just, I mean, yeah, Leon, I told you guys this like a couple weeks ago, he'd go in and refold the baby's clothes during his nap. And the kids just thought this child is never coming. And so the fact that it, he actually came yeah just blew their minds and was so so fun and it was so sweet too especially that first week postpartum lawrence our two-year-old he's two and a half and this is the biggest gap we've had so it's the oldest baby getting replaced right and so i didn't know how he was going to take it but he just i mean basically how he took it is great now i have this kid i'm going to teach him everything i know yes He's really taken Lionel under his wing more than any of the other kids. And he just come sit with me in bed and I put my arm around him and he just want to hold the baby. He's like my baby. Mm. And he would hold Lionel for maybe 45 minutes. Longer than any of the other kids. Oh, way, 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 way longer. Just sit there and just talk to him. He looked at me. Here's his hands. Here's his nose, you know, and just sit there. And so it was such a special time. I feel like 
for Lawrence and I, because he was getting his love tank filled sitting with me, mm-hmm. I feel like. And then he was also getting to hold this new little baby. Yeah. And that's just, that's still how it is, you know, two and a half weeks in. He's yes. just obsessed with Lionel and thinks he's the coolest. And so anyways, that's been a real big gift. Yes. And and we're open to life changing. Of course I go and I ordered the birth order book yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay what do i yeah that was bizarre I it's wanna, like the next time uh, i open my computer after we had our baby it's like the ads i'm getting are for natural child like you know family planning and stuff family, and family planning. planning i'm like what how do they know how do what? they know they always know they're reading my messages to my family <laughs> they do yes yeah. so anyways that's been fun because i just i do feel like there's just a lot going on at the house right now, but it also has been easier than some of the other kiddos mm. because of Leon and Lucy being five and six and they're able to keep an eye on Lionel. If I need to run downstairs and get something, you know, make sure he doesn't get attacked by a toddler or something. Right. And, um, yeah, they're just, okay. You know, if I get spit up on and Lionel blows out his diaper in the same moment, they're able to go like grab the spit up rag, mm-hmm. help me out when I'm immobile. So just little stuff like that has already been a gift this time. Yes. Yeah. There, this has been, I've felt like we have a big family since having Lionel. And I think it comes from having older kids because they're so much more conversational and they ask questions and they're talking a lot more than what we've ever experienced when we have a new baby. And so I've, there's been a few of those moments where I'm holding Lionel and then four kids are talking to me at the same time. I'm like, man, we've got a clan here. This is this is a lot of this is a lot of people. In yeah, our home. we've been working on the whole okay, one person talk at a time thing yes. as of the last couple of weeks because it gets so overwhelming. Yes, all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is an issue. We need to train this because I never I never experienced that prior to this for some reason. I know, and it's not like Lionel's talking. I know. But I, I don't know if it just made them all more, that much more conversational. Lawrence has grown up like overnight. I feel like mm-hmm. he wants to communicate a lot more now. And yes. So then how's it been? Do you feel like these two and a half weeks? I mean, it was a huge blessing. We, It was just us for two days, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, just being our family. And then your mom showed up, which was a tremendous blessing. And she was a huge support doing... I mean, everything, running the house, really, yeah. you know, taking care of the kids, doing laundry, making meals. That was a huge blessing. And then a few days later, your dad joined her and that was so fun. Like brought all this energy, you know, and he took the kids and they had some awesome Papa Johnson time. But like, what, what, do you, what's your overall sentiment? And, and as far as like, it's been brief, you know, but the two, two and a half week postpartum thus far, how do you feel about it? How do I feel about it? I mean, yeah, I feel like it's gone smoother than it ever has. I feel like it's a little daunting in that like I know what to anticipate, which is the weeks one and two are not the hardest. Mm. I mean, you're going through physically, it's more demanding with like your milk coming in and after mm. afterbirth pains and all that stuff being really like painful and uncomfortable. But then after that, it's like, it's just a marathon. Mm. Like it's an endurance game. It's just like, you've got to do one more night. You got to do one more night, you know, and nothing can speed up that process. And so the baby sleeping through the night, the final healing, all that is just kind of like a day at a time. And I do tend to 
start to overdo it at around two weeks because I feel like I haven't been pregnant forever around two weeks Mm. for whatever reason. And then, uh, it bites me Mm. when it comes to my healing and my fatigue and emotional state and all that stuff. So I feel like we're kind of there right now where the past couple days I overdid. Mm. And then, you know, we talked about this where it's like, okay, we need to back it up, slow down. I do feel like I've had a lot more self-control with going to bed when Lionel goes to bed Mm. instead of staying up past his bedtime. It's kind of like, okay, if he's asleep at 9.30, I'm going to sleep at 9.30, whether I'm tired or not, and I haven't done that in the past. And then it's been really helpful, kind of how we've worked out of having full-time support is Elisha goes to work in the mornings, and I kind of have had the kids in the mornings. And then, and that's like when I'm the most fresh. I'm naturally a morning person. And then you've uh, come home and I've been able to nap. Yeah. And then we've kind of been a family in the afternoons, evenings. Yeah. And so that has been like a slow transition, which is nice to me being like all hands on with the kids. Mm. Um, so that's been a gift too. Yes. I like that transition. Good. Yeah. We got to keep, I think we need to keep that going. Cause like you said, this is historically when everything in you is telling you, you got to kick back into yeah, I feel like life should be or, normal and I wonder why it's not, you know? Right. And and I even think of today, you know, it's like, okay, I did piano lessons with the kids or we're going to start that up. We did the, I, I did reading with them, worked on knitting with them, you know, and then in the afternoon I start to feel like, that was a lot. Oh, I'm really tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's time to record a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Time <laughs> to go do a podcast. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is fun, but yeah. So Stuff like that. I just, I, I get kind of, I don't, I don't know. It's like there's two versions of reality and one is, mm. okay, I think like we're good to go here, but then my body's still processing and it's not as ready to go as I think I am. Yeah. As I think I am. And then, but then his like historical Katie is like, Hey, weeks four and five and six are actually where you're really tired. So yes. you can't get behind on sleep and rest now, or you're going to be wiped at those seasons and start getting all emotional and hormonal then. Yes. So, you know, yeah, you just need to remember that and believe it because it's tricky because any other time, if you're feeling like you want to be motivated or you want to feel better, you've always known like, okay, well I got to get up in the morning. I got to be productive. I want to have my, my time with the Lord, do my workouts and all of your go-to things are only just, they're going to prolong. Yes. the way you're feeling. And so it's kind of, it's counter to how you would typically act Yeah, throughout any other time in the year. Yeah. Mm. So something that has been fun, we got a chess board yep. and we've been playing chess as a family. Yep. So that's been really fun. Yes, it has been like a chill activity. It is. I, I say that, but I think it's pretty stressful, <laughs> especially since we started, since we introduced the timer. timer. Yeah. That makes it far more. Well, when Elisha and I play, we do it with the timer. And then when we play with the kids, we don't do the timer. Yes. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, it's been going good guys. I hope you enjoyed that update. We're just praising the Lord, thanking mm. him for the incredible support and the incredible gift of just a smooth labor and delivery. Yeah. I do want to say too, one, one last thing, one last thank you. Yes. Um, I mean, our midwife, Amy, was incredible the entire yes. time. Your mom and, you know, your dad were so supportive. Um, yeah, all the family support's been great. We'll I did put find all out these too, people in the credits. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, I found out, you know, that Thrive Box we got? Who was that? That was my sister, Annie. 
So that was sweet. Oh, that and was then, so sweet. Uh, you guys, that is such an awesome postpartum gift. That was. That to was send pleasure. someone who's far away. I want to do this. Uh, yes, our sister-in-law sent a Thrive Market box with like spaghetti and noodles and, you know, like the like healthy version of Otter Pops, yeah. you know, healthier version of Otter Pops. And yeah, some fun snacks. Yeah, some fun like, snacks. Yeah. And I was like, that's a great idea because sometimes when you aren't local, it's hard to know how to support someone far yeah. away. So anyways, that, was, that great. was so sweet of her. Then finally, our church and our small group has been so supportive and doing the whole meal train thing, but doing it in a really thoughtful way. Yes. Where it's like, okay, what works best for you guys? Do you guys want one meal a week, two meals a week, at, starting at what point? And they've been so thoughtful. Starting at two weeks they after the baby, Yes. they're giving us, you know, they, they, the people have signed up to bring us three meals a week, which is amazing. Yeah. And they've been um, they've been delicious meals. And so yeah, everyone at our home group cooks so well. Yeah. <laughs> We're so it, it, blessed that way. It's true. Yeah. It's really <laughs> My great. My only concern is that Elisha's going to like like something that someone made better than I made it. No. <laughs> I get all jealous. That's impossible. But that did happen after our first baby. And so it's a funny joke. Well, yeah, it did. And also I was super hormonal after our first baby. And so I was like really emotional. This gal, Kayla, she brought lasagna and Elisha was like, this is such good lasagna. And he's never really loved the lasagna I've made. <laughs> and I was like an emotional wreck about it. So uh-huh. anyways, you have to be, you know, careful around your wife after she's had a baby. Yeah. I mean, we can joke about that now, seven years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally funny. Also, I did ask her what she did. She used turkey, ground turkey instead of ground beef. I still have... I, I think I maybe made one lasagna since then. Yeah, lasagna is tricky. I think too, I think there is a, with lasagna, you have to let it set for a little bit when it comes out of the oven because it's so runny. If you if you don't, it just kind of turns into the soup. And I'm always in a rush when I take mine out. That might be part of it, yeah. Anyways. We're still discussing how to make my lasagna better. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.